0: So I started tinkering with broken skateboards. Um, inspired by the artist Hiroshi out of Japan. He makes these like gorgeous sculptures out of skateboards. And I just started thinking like, you know, I have a pile of skateboards, what can I do with mine? And uh first thing I thought of making was a skateboard.
1: That was George Rocha. I'm Jeff. Welcome to Storied San Francisco a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories and you get to know your neighbors. In this podcast, George tells the story of his move to San Francisco. With the help of a few friends and some shovels, he built a pool in the backyard of his outer sunset rental. Years later, almost by accident and definitely from a habit of tinkering, he started making new skateboards out of used decks. Today, he owns and operates Iris Skateboards, where he recycles skateboard lumber into new boards, pieces of furniture, and even art. Here's George.
0: So my move into San Francisco story was pretty much on a whim. A friend of mine hit me up. He said he had a room for rent and a house in Upper Haight. Asked me if I wanted it. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I do. And I was there by like the end of the next weekend. You know? Did you drive again? Or? Yeah, I drove. I packed up my truck with my dog and... All my important things, probably two surfboards, a bunch of skateboards, some clothes, and uh, yeah, drove out here like straight shot.
1: You and your dog, solo. Me and my dog. Solo with your dog.
0: I, thi- I think I did it in like 52 hours. I was just like gunning. I only slept when I pumped gas, I'm serious. like. Okay, I
1: actually appreciate... <laughs> That exact number because I've done cross country
0: in fifty two hours,
1: but with a friend. With a friend. You yeah. did it by myself. guessing your dog didn't drive.
0: Yeah. No. Fuck. Yeah. That's amazing. It was it was very responsible You know what? I never really drove through like heavy eyes. I wasn't like that, but when I got here I slept for like two days, dude. I was done. done. I was yeah. toast. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and what year would this have been? That was two thousand three. Two
1: thousand three, you're moving to Upper Hate. Upper Hate. Hayden okay.
0: Schrader, yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was building parks, so it didn't matter where I lived, you know? So I was like, yeah, might as well live in San Francisco. $500 a month is what? I mean, I had, immediately, I had like seven roommates and stuff. In, in, in uh, Pawtucket, I was paying 500 but I had my own place, and it was a two-bedroom apartment. It's a palace. So, yeah, then I was like 500 with six other roommates, but they were cool people, and it was rad. Was it with your friend who said he had the room? Like, he lived yeah, there, too? Yeah, he lived there, too. So yeah. you knew
1: already nearly at least one person. Yeah. Did you did you, have, did you already know other people in the city? Yeah,
0: I knew a bunch of people through skateboarding. I had come to the city a bunch of times to skate, so, you know, it, it was almost kind of like a, a dream to, like, live here, but you're, like, you never made the move to do it. You're just kind of, like, always too busy or always, like something else in the way so when the chance hit me like so spontaneously i jumped at it
1: you had visited to skate before yeah. you moved here can yeah. we talk about it? So, so how about your first your first time to visit
0: my first time ever in san francisco i jumped on a bus from Chucky because i was living in squaw it was like 95 and i just kind of came and explored for the weekend on my own and uh on your skateboard just my skateboard and uh yeah, didn't really know many people. I had, like, one friend, so I couch surfed, and but they didn't skate. So I just kind of just skated around and, and had a blast and kind of did it really, like, uh, low-key because there wasn't any skate parks here at the time. And, like, I was only, like, using this Thrasher magazine I had to, like, as a map. Like, all right, so where's Hubba Hideout and where's, like, the library and where's all these spots that I see in the magazines and just go seek them out. You know. Were any of those non,
1: like not the library, not EMB or anything, like, but any of the other spots? Are they still around?
0: Hubba's not there. E&B obviously is still there. Uh, the library looks totally different. Yeah. Different lo- building. Yeah, a lot of those zones are yeah. different. Yeah. Most of the most of the stuff I was seeking when I came to San Francisco on the bus that time was like Fort Miley, Hubba Hideout, EMB. Um, Downhills that you see Tommy Guerrero bombing and all of the Powell videos. I had to find all those because it just looked too fun So that that was pretty much it Um, There wasn't anything that stood out that like That was a secret that I had to find the city is actually very friendly in in that way You know, so what were your early your early years in SF like? so when I first moved here I would, my favorite thing to do is just to leave the house and just go immediately be going downhill because I'm in Upper hate. So that was just like the best thing ever. Like I didn't even really care what happened at the bottom of the hill. I just wanted to bomb that hill and I'd always end up running into people. And if you don't, you go to the skate shop and you go to Deluxe on market and you run into some people. And back then a friend of mine lived right around the corner on the side street. So we'd skate on that street and, um, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. It was just like a playground and it was like the perfect time for me, like in every way. Like I was the right age where, you know, right now I couldn't do that. Like maybe you can, I guess I don't like to say things you can't do it, but it's rough. You know, I'm 44 to go out there street skating, which I still try and do. Like it, it just looks different. You don't like just, you know, grab your jacket and hit the streets and spend four hours pushing around and like um, mash around the city. You just go to a spot and then that's it you know yeah anything else to
1: talk about before we get into iris about your early early years oh yeah
0: so early years no there's a lot to get into there so yeah the early years living here i kind of um for like a little more income to afford living here between like park jobs i moved pianos yeah, and that was really interesting, and it was a really good way to to get the lay of the land around the Bay Area. So I learned a lot through that. And uh, one of my friends who also skated, he was also a piano mover as well. So um, he actually introduced me to some people and showed me some spots. So I wasn't entirely on my own when I moved here. You know, there's, there's the whole skate community kind of like is, li- is like that in that way, regardless, you know. Tight-knit. You're gonna, you're gonna like, support it. You're gonna meet a crew. You know, that's pretty much what it's like. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Were you uh, moving or delivering pianos to anyone noteworthy? That
0: I was just moving pianos all over the Bay Area. Not really anything like noteworthy in terms of famous people. Just kind of like people who are rich enough to uh, afford buying. A nine hundred thousand dollar fazioli so. <laughs> That's where I was going with. That. Yeah, it was like, Disney any, you know. Yeah, no. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to deliver uh, Robin Williams the piano or anyone like that because I would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, it was it was just kind of like like I said, delivering rich people their fine pianos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the people I've met in the Bay Area, there's a lot of people who like kind of just like to get their hands dirty and get down in it. So there's a lot of DIY spots like constantly. As soon as one gets like. Torn out. There's somebody to think about the next one, which is awesome, especially for a city that doesn't have a lot of space. But um, over the years, I've uh, helped out with DIY efforts in Oakland, and right now we currently have one in Treasure Island. That's really cool. And uh, Lower Bob's over in Oakland is sick. Um, We used to have one near Cow Palace. We used to have one at Moss Beach. Um, I mean, even back in the day when I first. Started like finding out about skating in San Francisco. There was like the created up Jersey barriers at the end of Market Street. It's almost like a tradition. I don't.
1: Uh, if if you don't mind, explain what a DIY spot is, because I don't think everyone. Yeah. So,
0: um, DIY spots are skate spots that skaters create for themselves because of a, a need to create and a need to skate unique terrain. Not to say like skate parks aren't doing it right. It's just like you're, you're always going to want to skate something else, you know? Like, so you could build yourself a structure or an obstacle, call it what you will, a skate park. And you're like, all right, this is cool, but I'm almost like bored of it. And now it's time I want to build this. I want something like that. It's like, um, yeah, it's hard to explain, I guess. There's no spots that are still around since I visited. Right. Because that's kind of that the nature. Ever, of- that's the nature of them. And there's like, I think in... Recent times, they, they stick around longer because public awareness and people really stand in front of the bulldozers now, yeah. you know. Um, like Burnside's still there. You know, Burnside's been there for, what, 30 years now? Almost 30 oh, years. Wow. Yeah, for uh, I think 91 was when they broke ground on that. So, yeah, we still have Lower Bobs, which is one that's going strong. And they, they've, they've been close, you know, but they stand their ground and they, they earned it. Um, Treasure Island kind of has more of a uh, backing by the city, because they kind of went through the proper—I don't know what do you'd call it—red tape to do it. Permits and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the rule is always the same. It's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for per- permission. That's that's real. You got to start first and then be like, "Hey, we're doing this. What do you think?" You can't just like go to them and ask and not have it started because you'll never get anywhere that way. Yep. So You'll always get a no. you always get a no. <laughs> oh, so now do you feel it's a good time to talk, to talk about... Um, so, I have... yeah, I mean, after living here for, you know, since 2003 and, like, building parks and stuff and moving around from house to house, I ended up in this house in the Outer Sunset that has a garage and it has a backyard. First thing I did is build a pool in the backyard. Again, I didn't ask my landlord's permission, but I figured she'd be really cool with it. Not everyone does that. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it was always my intention to, like, find a house with a yard that, like, is just all sand like this yard. Because then, like, you know, whatever, like, you're not destroying, like, this great lawn or anything. And that's what this yard had. And it's easy to dig with shovels in the sand. So, with the help of some friends, we just started digging and i think i've only lived here for like four months when we started like pouring the concrete wait did you guys dig with the whole thing with shovels the whole thing with shovels six feet deep actual fuck. yeah (laughs) because you can't get machines back here there's no side yard there's no way so all right i got the yard i built the bowl skated that for a few years um just me being who i am i always like to tinker in my garage so i started tinkering with broken skateboards um, inspired by the artist Hiroshi out of Japan, he makes these like gorgeous sculptures out of skateboards. And I just started thinking, like, you know, I have a pile of skateboards. What can I do with mine? And uh, first thing I thought of making was a skateboard. <laughs> you know, make a skateboard out of all these skateboards. And you know? I just, I wanted to make something functional. Had anyone ever so, done that, to your knowledge,
1: before that? No. Or recycled a skateboard into a, or skateboards and, into a skateboard.
0: No, no one's done that. Pretty much, Hiroshi was the only one I knew at the time who was just making sculptures and stuff but you know how it is like you start doing something and then you start hearing about oh so and so is my friend Lindsay she's up in Portland doing jewelry Mm -hmm. out of skateboards and then some other person I think at the time were making stools or something like so yeah like I just started making what I thought would be uh, functional and actually an improvement by being made out of skateboards not just kind of like make everything out of it like what actually makes sense to be made out of it so, you
1: used the word tinkering. Were you thinking at first you were just gonna do this for yourself and your maybe your friends at the most? Like yeah, you weren't thinking I'm gonna start a company.
0: No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I was definitely just making stuff and just uh, I mean that's the word tinkering. I was who knows you you don't really know where you're gonna end up when you start at something like that. You just kind of have a thought and I'm just it's like art. It is art. Well, then how did it? How did it make that leap from tinkering to... So, I think what happened was people just kept stopping me and talking to me about the skateboard I'm on. And I just figured I'll just make a couple and put them in my friend's store, which is right around the corner, the store called Establish, and go from there. And it's exactly what I did. We had a launch party. I bought the website, you know. It was kind of like a small overhead... At the time, to like take a chance. So I did. And uh, over the years, that just evolved into making like screen print squeegees because I screen print, or making like tap handles because my friend owns a bar and he asked me to. Like it it was always like there was a necessity or there was a request behind each new thing. Um, I surfed, so I started like making surfboards. So it was just like pure evolution. Organic, organic evolution. Just like there was never like our let's sit down and think what will sell. Like that was never in my thought process. What will sell? I mean, I'm shocked every time someone wants to buy anything off me. Not because I don't believe in it and think it's awesome, but just the fact that there's a, a market for it. You know? Yeah.
1: How'd you come up with the name Iris, or why? How so, and why?
0: So I actually took a while to come up with a name. I was just like. Writing down names, having friends writing down names that they thought would be cool, and just considering like had dozens that I was considering, and uh, I didn't like any of them. But people told me that my boards look like rainbows because they're like you know multicolored from the lamination process of old skateboards. So I was thinking, okay, rainbows. What can I get from that? So I looked up Greek gods because I heard Nike is like the Greek god of winning or athletics or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, well, you know, Nike's a pretty cool name, so it worked for them. So I looked up uh, the Greek goddess of rainbows, and it's Iris. She's the Greek goddess of rainbows and the sea. And then, I'm Portuguese. Uh, Rainbow is also, in Portuguese, is Iris. So I was just like, All right, it's got to be Iris. I was like, this just works perfect. It's like... That's it. That's the rest is history, as they say. So the universe made the name for you, is what you're saying. You just I guess. I just tapped into it. Yeah. Yeah. It fits, you cool. know. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk
1: about the future of Iris, the future of you?
0: So the future of Iris in terms of like what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep producing what I do, hopefully more of it. Um, I don't really have any, like, sudden changes going on. I just kind of, like, want to improve on what I'm already doing, make uh, more skateboards. I've been actually talking to some restaurants about doing their whole restaurant, so that'd be cool. Tables, tab panels, trays, like, that. I'm excited about stuff like that. Both because it's, like, the scope of the job and the chance to, like, recycle that many skateboards. Mm -hmm. Like, I did this bakery in uh, Pacifica called Rosalind. And I made um, a thirty-foot countertop for them out of skateboards. It was two hundred ninety-six skateboards it took to make it. Jesus, so oh. yeah, like some people can't even get two hundred ninety-six skateboards, but like being in San Francisco, like I can get that in like two months. So uh, that helps a lot too, and I, I appreciate you know the skaters in this city. I appreciate my shops, Deluxe and FTC. Because they enable me to be able to do this
1: supplying yeah. you with the
0: boards you mean? yeah absolutely yeah.
1: yeah and it's cool what you were saying about uh, restaurants and shops and, and cafes and stuff um, using your work because they they're then they're keeping it local yeah too and independent
0: yeah know? so you know at first I used my boards and my friends boards whatever I had like just to make like the first sack of iris decks but then obviously I had to like get a source, so I went to FTC because I'm friends with those guys, and Deluxe, also friends, and great people, and they also do a lot for the city, and I set up uh, collections. Basically, when you go buy a new board, you leave your old board, you throw it away, so of it away, you put it in a box, and I come get it. I pick up, like, at Deluxe, I think I go every two weeks. FTC, I go every month, and um, on average, how many, like, every two weeks would you get from each place? I'd say every month I probably get a hundred boards from Deluxe and maybe like 50 from FTC. You know, sounds about right. (laughs) And typically how many, I know you make
1: other things, but typically how many skateboards go into making a new board?
0: So everything I do here is developed off a stack of boards that I cut up and then kind of make into usable lumber and a stack is 24 boards. So out of 24 boards, I can get like 12 skateboards or I can get a couple stools or a, maybe a coffee table. Coffee table is more like two stacks. So if you think about it in terms of just like gluing up skateboards one on top of the other until it's like a rectangle that's like 8 inches wide by 32 inches long. Like a solid block. Solid block. You slice it into whatever Glued you want. Glued and pressed gluten press, yeah so you slice into whatever you want you want to like make laminates for concave skateboards you slice it into like a sixteenth of an inch or like surfboards i use like a veneer on top of foam sixteenth of an inch or a dining room table would be two inches you know so it really depends on what you're making Mm -hmm. and all that's cut here in my garage on a resaw and then planed and then Cut and done. Whatever you need to do to make it look like whatever you want it to look like.
1: <laughs> it's hardcore recycling, kind kind of. And it's a one it's a one man operation.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a one man operation for like making stuff. But I have friends who help me with the peeling. And once you peel a board, you have to grind the glue off. So I hire friends who need part time work to do that because there's a lot to do around here. Thankfully, um, but. Once I get the boards in from FTC or Deluxe, I bring them to my shop, I sort them based on like the shapes, and then I peel the grip tape off, and I glue them up into the stacks. And then from there, it becomes gets cut and shaped into
1: whatever... To whatever, yeah, a multitude do. of things. All right, and so for people listening to this podcast, if they are interested in... Um, giving you money to make them stuff out of old skateboards how do they how do they do that
0: um, they can go to iris there's like a, a form they can fill out for any like custom stuff that like you know just came out of your imagination or furniture um, but any way possible see me on the street DM me on Instagram or whatever it may be I'm always I'm always down to make stuff I like uh, getting creative and you know making things for people even working with people. Fuck yeah! Last random question: What's the kind
1: of craziest thing you made out of recycled skateboards?
0: That's a great question. Craziest? Have you made a boat? I was um, thinking boat. You wouldn't use that custom. Boat would be I was like, sweet. That um,
1: would be rad.
0: I think the craziest and the thing that like kind of immediately popped in my head was the sculpture I made with Thomas Campbell. It was uh, I think five or six feet tall, and it was this three-dimensional, curvy, just wonderful piece out of Thomas's imagination and You know we we met and talked about it and he drew it and explained it to me and I had to like translate that into a sculpture made out of Skateboards and it was it was awesome. I mean it really kind of like I feel like I grew as an artist from that experience and I feel like I learned a lot and uh, I'm I'm grateful to Thomas for giving me the opportunity and you know him and I became great friends as a result so I think that's the that's the piece that really, that's actually an emotional piece to me because I really, you know, I appreciate everything about that.
1: That was George Rocha. If you want to see that sculpture that George talks about, go to our website or our Instagram or Twitter profiles. And join us again next week when we'll hear from DJ and podcaster Dana Keyes. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Film Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can go to browse more than 100 episodes, check out all of our live events, and visit our store to help support us. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do us a favor and rate and review what we do. And if you have any feedback for us or suggested guests, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.